0: Tenakoto, koutou, nō mai haere Good morning and welcome to Q&A. We are broadcasting to you live this morning from Washington, D.C., the U.S. capital on what is an historic occasion. President Joe Biden. That is the future that awaits the United States after Joseph R. Biden Jr. won the presidency from Donald Trump. Barring any legal challenges and any future ambitions, the 45th President of the United States, Donald Trump, will forever be recorded as a one term president. Of course, this has been an extraordinarily divisive campaign with an interminable wait for the election results. But this is the moment the major US TV networks called the race for President elect Joe Biden.
1: After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. can now project that former Vice President Joe Biden will win Pennsylvania and Nevada, putting him over the 270 electoral votes he needs to become the 46th president of the United States.
0: Spontaneous celebrations have begun in many American cities. Here in Washington DC, much of the central city has been shut down with traffic. People honking horns, waving flags, and dancing in the streets. These are the scenes from New York.
2: It's over! 2020 is now the best year! I heard screaming
0: outside. I already knew what happened. I had to run here and celebrate with everyone, man. President-elect Joe Biden will be addressing the nation and the world at two o'clock this afternoon New Zealand time. This is the moment his vice president-elect Kamala Harris called him to congratulate him on becoming president.
2: We did it, we did it Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States.
0: (laughs) Well what of the president at the moment? Donald Trump As of this minute, he refuses to accept the result. Have a look at these pictures. President Trump was actually playing golf on his golf course in Virginia when the major networks declared that Joe Biden would be the next president of the United States. Of course, he has legal teams in many states who are pursuing legal challenges and questioning the legality of this election process. But I was there outside the White House in that historic moment as President Trump's opponents began dancing in the streets.
2: It feels great to be a bison right now, great to be an American right now, fantastic.
1: Feeling ecstatic, overjoyed, so relieved. It's been a long four years. So happy, overcome with emotion. Um, I'm I'm thrilled that I can share this with my daughter and uh, have her see what what great things our country can do. I've never been
3: so proud to be from the city of brotherly love.
4: Well, it just means that my fellow countrymen and women... Demanded change and, and uh, we have a lot of work to do, you know, uh, no doubt. But man, this is such an incredible start to a really good turnaround.
1: The negativity and, and the rhetoric has been awful for the past four years. And uh, as a nation, we just... We need to heal, and we need a leader who can help us do that, and uh, I strongly believe that's Joe Biden. It
4: says two things. It says that America is finally waking up to the place that we have in this world, but it also says we have a lot of work. I think together, through a Biden administration, through just a lot of healing in this country, we really can change the fate of the United States of America. But the things this man has done is just, just pure atrocities. And we demanded change, and we got it. The people vote. A beautiful
2: thing. Trump did so bad, poorly, poorly in in his four years in office, and it feels great to feel that America finally did something right for a change, especially after these past four years.
0: It's important to remember for all the celebrations around the US and the world this morning just how divisive this campaign has been. Yes, President Joe Biden has promised to try and unite the United States and to try and heal the wounds and divisions in this country but 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump in this election. I'm joined now by Dr Peter Watson a New Zealander here in Washington DC who's worked for five separate White House administrations. He's now the president of Washington-based investment firm the Dwight Group. Kia ora, good morning. Good to join you. It is an incredible moment, isn't it? What was your reaction to hearing the news that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States? Relief,
5: frankly. Um, You mentioned divisive. Uh, It's been actually at times uh, beyond toxic. So what is one wanted is basically to have some normalcy and some calm.
0: What is it about this campaign that has drawn more Americans to the polls than any time within the last century. We've seen a record turnout. Is it simply the Donald Trump factor, or is there something more at play? I think it's
5: probably... um, Trump sort of personifies um, a deep cultural divide in certain of of the communities of the United States. He's sort of a proxy for it, actually. Uh, And so, uh, yes, of course, uh, he represents those particular communities and views... But why you see people coming out is because there's a whole polyglot, there's a whole colour uh, of communities, people who are deeply uh, opposed to uh, those perspectives uh, that he represented.
0: It has been a difficult wait for anyone with even a passing interest in the results uh, in this election. How do you think the broad US democracy has held up to this moment? Very vibrant.
5: I mean, this is, this is what we have. The institutions are designed uh, precisely to accommodate and deal with this environment. We had a very divisive election in 2000, of course, which the Supreme Court ultimately decided. But it did it peacefully then, and I expect we'll see some episodic um, you know, unhappiness by folks. To your point, as you said in the introduction, there will be some serial litigation, but uh, none, of those, um, uh, none of those lawsuits will rise, in my view. To the constitutional significance that led the Supreme Court to intervene in 2000.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit more, sure. because for viewers who are perhaps unaware, sure. you were involved in, <laughs> in that legal action in I 2000. Said you were involved in the Florida recount. Right. How are President Trump's legal challenges this time around different?
5: Uh, in 2000, Florida was uh, the only state uh, in play, but it was the critical one. Uh, whoever won uh, Florida won the White House by one electoral college vote. And so it was, it was very binary. It was, you know, tug of war, uh, but winner take all. That's not what we've got here. Mr. Biden has got a number of ways of winning uh, the White House. Uh, We'll, let's just say he's over 300 electoral college votes. Even in the unlikely event that the Supreme Court was to find, say in Pennsylvania, that the vote was significant to distort that vote. And moreover, that the vote in Pennsylvania was significant to the, uh, the election itself, uh, then we still have a number of ways of getting uh, Biden... T- ..of getting
0: to the... Uh, 270 uh, mark. Exactly correct. Right. So, so what do you make of the claims from President Trump over the last few days that this election has been subject to a large-scale fraud?
5: You've actually seen um, judges already reject uh, those, uh, uh, those views. Um, but, you know... The thing about it is I think we're all better to focus on the positive piece of this. Let that, you know, go through its machinations. That's, you know, what they're, they'll try and do. But we know it's not going to affect the outcome.
0: There's nothing that can stop Joe Biden from becoming the next president.
5: It would have to be something that's unprecedented.
0: This is hardly a repudiation, though, is it, of of President Trump. As I noted before, 70 million Americans cast ballots for Donald Trump in this election, several million more than in 2016. What does that say?
5: This is a country that's divided. Um, It's divided by um, community. I mean that by um, uh, rural, uh, you know, versus uh, cities. Uh, it's divided by, to a, to a continuing degree, which we said, which is deeply uh, troubling uh, by race, um, and, and even um, by immigrants uh, versus, for example, the black community. People don't talk about it much, but the Latino community do not sit necessarily comfortably with much of the black community.
0: Mm. It's important to point out, of course, that... that Uh, the Latino community supported President Trump in record numbers in in this election. And actually, President Trump had more non-white voters in the 2020 election than any other Republican in recent history. So clearly he has a a broad support base. What happens to that base now?
5: Well, he's going to be around for a while um, in the the sense that uh, he's actually eligible to run in 2024, uh, assuming that he's not otherwise indisposed. Um, but uh, he's going to be the force of Republican politics for the time being at least. So um, that community is not going to go away and um, there will be people who wish to exploit that. But I think we need to take the longer view. Um, we too will overcome this. We've had deep divisions in this country uh, coming from the civil rights era. Um, we've all overcome the Vietnam War, Iraq War. Um, th- these are temporary but very unpleasant uh, developments. but these two will be overcome.
0: Talk to me about Joe Biden. He is a very familiar uh, person on the, on the political scene here. He was first elected to the Senate here in uh, Washington, D.C. in the 1970s. This is the third time he has run okay. for the presidency. What sort of president will Joe Biden be?
5: Well, um, first of all, as a person, he indeed is decent. He's a, a person who personifies... THE BETTER NATURE, um, I THINK, OF THE AMERICAN CHARACTER. AND I THINK IN NO SMALL PART THAT IS EXACTLY WHY WE'VE SEEN THE ENTHUSIASM ON THE STREETS THAT WE HAVE TODAY. I MEAN, IT'S REMARKABLE uh, WHAT WE'VE SEEN. Um, AS TO THE PRESIDENCY ITSELF, IT'S GOING TO BE, SOME WOULD SAY, CORRECTLY RESTRAINED BY THE FACT THAT THE HOUSE IS GOING TO BE A NARROW MAJORITY. YOU'VE GOT THE SENATE, DEPENDING WHAT HAPPENS IN GEORGIA AND, and THE RUNOFFS, BUT THAT MOST LIKELY WILL BE, CONTINUE TO BE A SENATE, um, A Republican Senate. Um, So, And the Supreme Court clearly is a conservative. These are all balances that the American people have built into this election. Uh, So um, it will be one that will be of principle and hopefully of decency, but it will be constrained by the realities that different parts of the the government system uh, are in balanced hands.
0: Many people have described Joe Biden as being an imperfect candidate for the Democrats in this moment, in that he is 77 years old... (laughs) He is a white man. Right. He hasn't previously pursued especially progressive agendas, especially compared to some of uh, his uh, fellow uh, politicians in the Democrat Party. But he's proved to be the man for the moment, hasn't he? His
5: relationship with many minorities in the black community goes back to the very, very beginning um, of his congressional races. Uh, and in fact, you look back in terms of where he was and in Philadelphia and uh, in Delaware, um, he was always embraced um, by constituencies that um, now are going to be an important part of his support base.
0: So what happens now? How does the transition work when the sitting president refuses to accept the result?
5: Um, The transition has been in planning for some number of weeks already. Um, it will go on irrespective as it did in 2000 we didn't have a, a ruling from the Supreme Court until December the fifteenth 2000. Uh, so the planning for the transition is well underway. Um, the different uh, departments and agencies are cooperating um, uh, with the uh, White House Chris Liddell of course from New Zealand's involved in that in a significant way um, and committed to a peaceful uh, uh, transfer of this. So it actually won't be as disruptive unless the president interferes with the um, the normal transition process. How might he do that? Tell people to stop uh, engaging, pull the people out of the uh, you know the deliberative and the and the joint process. But even then, um, the once the electoral college has voted, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, in 2000, we we had a shadow process ongoing, even though the Supreme Court. I hadn't acted at that point the transition will be comfortable it will be secure it will be safe and it will be effective
0: what then for president trump's future are you brave enough to make a call as to what he might do next no i'm not (laughs) he is an unpredictable character and an unpredictable president might he be president again
5: possibly Um, i think the the republican party has to rebuild um, AND THEY HAVE TO FIND A, a NEW uh, WAY OF COMMUNICATING WITH THAT LARGE NUMBER OF PEOPLE, the HISTORIC NUMBER OF PEOPLE WHO VOTED FOR MR. BIDEN.
0: HOW MIGHT THEY DO THAT?
5: THEY HAVE TO BE FAR MORE SENSITIVE AND EMPATHETIC TO COMMUNITIES THAT THEY USED TO HAVE PROXIMITY TO. Uh, LINCOLN WAS A REPUBLICAN. Um, YOU KNOW, THE FACT OF THE THE PARTY HAS IN A SIGNIFICANT WAY LOST ITS, IT'S LOST ITS BEARINGS. IT NEEDS TO REGAIN THOSE.
0: Has there been sufficient change, whether through con- congressional races or other leadership structures within the party, to drive that change? Of course, Mitch McConnell comfortably made his way back into the Senate.
5: It's, you know History only works in one direction, that's forward. There will be an evolution. They have to become more integrated uh, you know, to the communities that we see that voted for Mr Biden today.
0: What does this mean for New Zealand? Of course, Joe Biden has visited New Zealand uh, in the past. He embraces multilateralism much more than President Trump has. What is New Zealand's future relationship with the US?
5: I think, given the fact that New Zealand and the United States share the multilateral collective uh, system uh, as one of its core theses, is really critical. Um, And it's clearly Mr Biden um, has that as one of his uh, foundational principles. Uh, It won't be, I don't believe, a significant uh, change in trade because Mr. Mr. Biden has actually focused a lot uh, on the economic development, restructuring infrastructure here in the United States first. But um, and he has to be careful that some of that campaign promises to buy America, the buy America preference and subsidies, that's a violation of WTO. New Zealand is going to be careful to want to quietly ensure that uh, as. Mr Biden comes out of this uh, election process, he does it in a way that is consistent with the multilateral process.
0: There will be many people waiting to see how this changes the US federal approach to COVID-19. Of course, we're now past 230,000 recorded deaths from COVID-19. In the United States, more than 1,000 deaths a day in the last week, more than 100,000 new cases a day over the last week. How might this change the arc of the US COVID 19 response?
5: This is really going to be problematic. I mean, uh, as with many countries, uh, there's a great deal of, notwithstanding the, the terrible figures that you've just punctuated, a great deal of COVID fatigue in the United States. The idea that you come in with a federal you know, prescription on this um, across that, that divide that we've just seen um, is not going to be easy. I and mean, he's going to have to be very careful about it. D- it will require a great deal of inclusiveness.
0: And is there anything he can do before Inauguration Day, before he officially becomes the 46th President? Absolutely.
5: He can start signalling, as I expect he will do. He'll be starting to announce who his chief of staff is, Cabinet members. Uh, he'll be starting to give comfort for those uh, members of the civil service who have been pummeled, frankly. There'll be a lot that he can do to start signalling what his priorities are, his intentions, and um, what's going to look forward to in... Uh, uh, in, in the coming cycle.
0: Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, no Dr Peter Watson. You're with the Q&A live special from Washington, D.C., the U.S. Capitol, as Joe Biden is set to become the 46th President of the United States. Stay with us. Over the next hour, we have plenty more voices and reaction from around the world. Hoki Mai Etefano, welcome back to this Q&A special as we broadcast live from Washington DC, the US capital, on this historic occasion. If you have just woken up this morning and haven't checked your phone yet. Joe Biden is set to become the 46th President of the United States. Over the last few months, One News US correspondent Anna Burns Francis has been closely following what has to be the most divisive campaign in modern presidential history, Anna. And I wondered if you could talk to us a little bit more about President Trump's support base. As I noted before the break, 70 million Americans voted for President Trump in this election, more than voted for him in 2016. And for all the celebrations we are seeing this morning, there will be many people in the United States up. with this result
3: they sure will be Jack and we saw a lot of that on our road trip through the states from Wisconsin through Michigan and down through Pennsylvania that's a strong a Republican base there now I know they all went back with the blue wall being resurrected this year but in 2016 those states voted red that was Donald Trump territory and there's a huge amount of support for a man that they saw as helping with the economy now Donald Trump came in with a good base on the economy already. Obama had led a a prosperous eight years through those states with the economy, but Donald Trump didn't lose much of that. So for those voters, those issues were important to them and they had a strong base already.
0: How much has the US response to COVID-19 hurt the president?
3: I think it depends on where you look. In large city centres, which would normally vote in a more democratic way, of course, there's more dense housing, there's more engagement between people, and so coronavirus spread a lot more quickly through those areas. But in the more rural areas, particularly through some of the places we visited, those smaller towns, where they hadn't really been touched too much by COVID. Some people we met, you might look at the numbers and think, my goodness, it's spreading through America. But in a lot of those places, some of them didn't even know anyone who'd had coronavirus yet. And so they saw these politicians at the capital and other cities making a big deal about something that they didn't have much knowledge of. And so, for them, it wasn't a big issue. They couldn't understand the fuss about it. They didn't like wearing masks or being told what to do. And Trump's message really resonated with them. They were happy with how things were going. They didn't want to change the president.
0: President Trump was holding five campaign rallies a day. In the days Huge. before polling day. Huge. Was, and, and, and rallies right across the United States. I mean, he was flying in the face of public health advice, and yet we saw people packed in, cheek to jowl, hanging on his every word.
3: And we saw these massive lines. People would stand for hours in those queues Mm. just to get a glimpse of the President. It was really surprising. The first rally we went to uh, in Pennsylvania, it wasn't actually so much about uh, going and hearing the President's message. They'd already heard the message. In fact, we turned around after 10 minutes of the rally and saw a queue of people leaving. And we said... were you leaving already? And they said, well, we're just here to see the president. We admire him, and we think he's sent by God in a lot of cases, which was a very surprising message. So it wasn't about the policy. It was about seeing the man.
0: So where does that support go now?
3: Well, that's the big question, because it's a really tough crowd. If you've turned up to a rally and Donald Trump is the man, they were less concerned about the Republican Party. This was about Donald Trump. So it's more about what the Republicans are going to do to get those voters Well, back. you see, this
0: is the fascinating thing. This year, in this campaign, for the first time ever, the Republican Party didn't even publish a policy platform. There are very few American voters who could tell you what the Republican Party or President Trump was planning on doing if, indeed, he won a second term in the White
3: House. They couldn't tell us. we quite often ask it's sort of became a little bit of an in-house joke between mm. us to see if we could see what the platform was that Americans wanted to vote for Donald Trump on what is the biggest change in your life policy wise what's the biggest issue and they would say to us oh well, that, that's actually a tough question I'm, I'm not really mm. sure I, I guess the economy because it was about the man, and that will be a big thing for Democrats and for Joe Biden to try and get across the line is to bring those people in, but also for the Republicans to try and bring them back for the next election.
0: How can Joe Biden bring those characters back out?
3: He's going to have to balance that message really carefully, and we've seen him do that in the last couple of days, so we not having patience, and taking the lead, I think, has been the most important part of him claiming this election, visually or optics-wise, for the public, is being out there putting out those messages every night that I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to work across the board. The trick for the Republicans will be how far do they go to meeting halfway? Because you don't want to look like the angry, sore loser. You still want to look like you're going to do something for your party base. And that will be the tough ask there. We
0: know that President Trump hates, hates, despises, abhors <laughs> losing, yeah. right? He, he hates the concept of losing, So far this week he has made some extraordinary claims, claiming a a fraud on a massive scale that the, the system is entirely rigged against him. Do you think he is likely to soften that message over the months leading up to the presidential inauguration, or is this it?
3: Well, you like to think so, but he certainly doesn't seem to have adjusted to that message this morning despite all the networks calling this election in favour of uh, Joe Biden. Because we've heard this week messages from inside the White House, he hadn't mm. prepared for this at all, uh, hadn't written a concession speech, had made no plans to leave the White House, although we know he's gone golfing today, wasn't too keen on hearing those protesters outside, <laughs> outside on the lawn this morning. But, you know, it'll take some time for his aides to be able to try and convince him that perhaps the game is up. Those legal challenges might still be going on, but there's really not a lot they can do in terms of large-scale flipping any of these states back. Well,
0: what has been intriguing is that from President Trump's legal team, the likes of Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, former presidential candidate himself, the president's attorney, have been able, uh, unable rather, to produce any concrete evidence of the large-scale fraud. No, that they and they're talking about six hundred
3: thousand ballots missing. Well, look, mm. that sounds like a lot to Kiwis at home, but 600,000 is nothing when you're talking about the number of people in the United States who voted this year, and then the number of ballots that get counted and what that actually means in a state that has tens of millions of people, that's just a fraction. It's not enough to turn it around.
0: Finally, Anna, I know this is um, big and, and lofty, but it has been fascinating to me, watching from the outside, the way that over the last four years, President Trump has undermined Historic US institutions, the likes of the FBI and the CIA. But do you think we have seen this week, even with the delay in the tallying of the votes, America's pillar of democracy, its election, hold up? to the greatest scrutiny it has ever experienced.
3: It's certainly on some pretty shaky foundations at the moment. And I think that will take a long time to rebuild that back because you have a fringe group that are dedicated to Donald Trump and what he stood for. And as long as there is a man who is, even if he's not in the White House in a month or two's time, you can bet that messaging will still stand and he will work to undermine this. As he still goes on about Hillary Clinton and Mm. the numbers she got, the messaging won't stop. It'll just be how you bring some of those people back into the fold so that this country can be united again.
0: News U.S. Correspondent Anna Burns-Francis, thank you so much for your time and insights. Good luck covering the next few days, weeks and months, no doubt there is plenty more drama to come. So, who is the President-elect? 77-year-old Joe Biden is no stranger to politics in the U.S. In fact, he was first elected here to the U.S. Congress in the 1970s. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. He's got
2: one of the most electrifying smiles in U.S. politics and how he must be rejoicing now at the age of 77. Joe Biden has fulfilled his personal American dream. He's about to become the occupant of the White House. This former vice president was the candidate who offered soft jazz after the heavy metal of the Trump years.
1: Working out it's great to see you.
2: Easy listening moderation, a presidency Americans could have on in the background.
1: Eight years of Donald Trump could fundamentally change who we are. I really mean it in a, in a significant way.
2: He was never the most inspiring of candidates, but his geniality made him hard to demonize. Mr. Biden, a quick word for the BBC. Thank you. The BBC, I'm Irish. Joe Biden. The White House has long been the target of his ambitions. He announced his first presidential bid in 1987, and he tried again in 2008, but ended up getting the second slot as the vice president to Barack Obama.
3: This also gives the Internet one last chance to
1: talk about our bromance.
2: Despite the generation gap, they developed a Bond-like brothers. It was sealed when Barack Obama awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Recognition to this pillar of the Washington establishment of his decades in public service. His personal narrative is one of recurring grief. In the early 70s, he lost his first wife and baby daughter in a car accident. FIVE YEARS AGO, HE HAD TO BURY HIS GROWN-UP SON, BO, WHO DIED OF CANCER. IT'S A LIFE STORY THAT FOUND AN ECHO IN THESE SORROWFUL TIMES.
1: I'D LIKE TO BE ABLE TO SAY WE'RE GOING TO BE BACK TO NORMAL NEXT FRIDAY.
2: THE CORONAVIRUS MEANT HE SPENT MUCH OF THE YEAR SEQUESTERED IN HIS DELAWARE HOME. HE ALMOST BECAME THE INVISIBLE CANDIDATE. (laughs) At a time when the method of campaigning became a campaign issue in itself, he kept his social distance and cast himself as the anti Trump, almost portraying this election as a battle of good versus evil.
1: If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I will be an ally of the light, not the darkness.
2: From when the results first started coming in on election night, it's been a sometimes fretful wait for the supporters of Joe Biden. But now they'll be able to celebrate. This finally is his
0: moment. 2020. This is that year. is the BBC's Nick Bryant. We are expecting a comment from the president-elect later on this evening US time, two o'clock this afternoon uh, New Zealand time. Joe Biden will address the nation and the world from his home in Wilmington, Delaware. He will be joined on stage by the vice president-elect, Kamala Harris, who will become the first woman and the first woman of colour to hold that office. Stay with us. The Q&A special live from Washington DC will be back in a couple of minutes. Kia ora welcome back to this QA special. This morning we are broadcasting to you live from Washington, D.C., the US Capitol on an historic occasion. Joe Biden is set to become the 46th President of the United States. The news breaking here this morning has elicited a whole range of emotions. If you needed any reminder as to just how divisive this campaign has been, a record number of Americans cast votes in the 2020 election. And this morning, news that Joe Biden would be the next president elicited some emotional responses.
2: Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. <laughs> and it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim... In this country, you you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers
0: back for no reason. This is vindication for a lot of people. That is CNN's Van Jones speaking just a few minutes after his network projected Joe Biden as being the next president of the United States. Another one of those Americans delighted with this news is the former US ambassador to New Zealand, Mark Gilbert. He is a close friend of Joe Biden and had been working on the Biden campaign since before Biden even confirmed he was running for president. Ambassador Gilbert joins us now live from Western Colorado. Kia ora, welcome back to Q&A. How are you feeling in this moment?
1: Yota, Jack, good to see you and everybody's thrilled here in the US.
0: Well, I'm not sure that everyone is thrilled, <laughs> Ambassador. 70 million people voted for Donald Trump. When you spoke to us before polling day, you were confident that Joe Biden would be victorious, that he would win the presidency. But did you expect this level of
1: support for the incumbent, President Trump? Um, Actually, President Trump did a little bit better than what I thought that he would do. Although the states that we ended up winning that you and I had discussed before, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin came through. Uh, We also won Arizona, which you and I had talked about where we thought we could expand the map. And it looks like we may even win the state of Georgia, which has become a purple state. And right now we're a little bit over 7,200 votes ahead.
0: Ambassador, you are a close observer of US politics and presidential campaigns. How have you found this week, the four days between the polls closing and a result?
1: Well, I think it's been nerve-wracking for a lot of people. Uh, the Biden campaign always felt that we would win the states that, that we, were, or we are winning, that would put Joe Biden over the 270 electoral vote threshold. So um, it really turned out the way we thought it was going to turn out, but I will tell you, people have had a lot of chance to reflect over the past few days. I think Joe Biden's statements that he has made each and every night have shown what kind of president that he will be, and when he addresses the the country at what will be two o'clock New Zealand time today, I think you'll see that um, uh, him talk about unity. And talk about getting the coronavirus under control, him talking about building back the United States and, and bringing us back into uh, global politics, multilational organisations and, and the so on. So I think it's a, a very positive day for the US and I think it's great for the US-New Zealand relationship.
0: Yeah, what, what will this mean for New Zealand? Of course, uh, President-elect Biden visited our shores not too long ago.
1: Right. It was July 2016. And I thought the meetings that the vice president had with members of parliament went incredibly well. Um, I think he talked about our our mutual values, the the things that we share together. And I'm sure as nations, we're going to work on those as soon as um, uh, now president-elect Biden is inaugurated on January 20th.
0: Talk to me about his opponent. What do you make of Donald Trump's claims this week? Extraordinary as they were to witness. Of course, he has alleged a large-scale fraud. He's alleged that the uh, election was rigged. How damaging has that been to the state of US democracy?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think it surprised many people. Uh, President Trump had been telegraphing for the last six months that uh, the election would be... uh, would be rigged, wouldn't be fair, uh, none of which we have seen. And I think it was very telling this morning when Rupert Murdoch's media organizations, the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, uh, the New York Post, you know, all came out and said that, you know, Donald Trump, you know, needs to accept this loss graciously.
0: What will this mean in the fight against coronavirus? Of course, the two candidates have very differing responses. Uh, We've seen Donald Trump holding multiple campaign rallies in the days leading up to to the election itself. Joe Biden promising a national mask mandate.
1: First off, if I may correct you, he hasn't talked about a a national mask mandate. Uh, He does believe that everyone should uh, wear masks. But what you have seen is that science has won out and Joe Biden will go with the science. He will go with the experts. And if they say, you know, certain groups of people, certain places in the country need to be wearing masks, then that's what Joe um, Biden will recommend. And I think it'll be great that we'll have a a president in office who will follow science.
0: Talk to us, Ambassador, a little bit about the vice president-elect. Kamala Harris becoming the first woman and the first woman of colour to hold that office. Just how significant
1: is that? IT'S INCREDIBLY SIGNIFICANT. NOT ONLY IS IT THE FIRST WOMAN TO BE EITHER PRESIDENT OR VICE PRESIDENT IN THE UNITED STATES, IT'S THE FIRST WOMAN OF of COLOR. AND SHE COMES FROM A MULTIRACIAL BACKGROUND. AND I THINK SHE'S GOING TO BE A FABULOUS VICE PRESIDENT. She's coming to the office with a lot of energy, a lot of knowledge and experience. I I apologize. It started started to rain. So if you see all the drips, I I apologize to you for that. Um, But I think she's just going to be a wonderful vice president, and I'm very excited for her to get started.
0: Of course, the president elect and the vice president elect still face a massive job in trying to unite the divisions we hear so much about here in the U.S. How will Joe Biden go about reaching across the aisle and bringing back voters who supported Donald Trump?
1: Well, it's one of the reasons I supported him. Besides my close relationship with the president elect, I told everyone I believe. That he was the one person that could win the Democratic nomination that had the chance to bring the country back together. And that's exactly what I believe he will do. Um, he'll start by working with his former colleagues in the Senate and work on legislation that will get us going forward with coronavirus, uh, getting the economy back on track. If, um, and I, I don't mind making predictions, but I believe that we'll see an infrastructure package that will come through that will help stimulate the economy. And I think this will all be good for not only the United States, but for all everybody around the world. Is this
0: the end of Trump and
1: is this the end of Trumpism? To make a very political statement, I hope so. I think it was a failed experiment. And I think people realize, and I think what helped helped Joe Biden win is people saw incompetent government. They saw the failure of how he handled coronavirus. If you look at how Prime Minister Ardern, uh, Parliament and the people of New Zealand dealt with coronavirus, that's how it should have been dealt with. You let science dictate how you would handle the virus, which is something we did not do here. Literally just a few days ago, President Trump was talking about how we were turning the corner yesterday. We had 125,000 new cases of coronavirus. So we're anything but turning the corner. And I think that's the first thing that uh, uh, President Biden will be working on once he takes the oath of office.
0: Finally then, Ambassador, you have been very close to President-elect Biden's campaign over the last few months and indeed years. We are expecting to hear from Joe Biden at his home in Wilmington, Delaware in about four hours' time. What do you think his message to the American people will be?
1: Well, first of all, I think he's going to talk about unity. He's going to talk about bringing the country back together. His whole campaign was about the soul of this country. And it's been very damaged. And he's going to talk about how he's going to repair that. I believe that he will also talk about the coronavirus, how he will start dealing with coronavirus starting tomorrow, that he will be bringing the experts together, have plans already in place for when he takes office at noon on January 20th. I think he will also talk about getting the American people back on their feet starting with the coronavirus, once that's under control, being able to open up the economy, getting people back to work. You know, we currently have over 20 million people that are unemployed, which is just way too many, and he knows he has to deal with it. So I think he will talk about those issues, but I think at the very top, he'll talk about bringing the country back together.
0: And, Ambassador, I know you are in a celebratory mood, but I will gently remind you, you are on live television. I understand you have a surprise for us.
1: Well, I, I know it was a rough night last night, but this is my hiking hat, so I just wanted to show everybody in New Zealand that I, Nancy and I bring New Zealand to us everywhere we go in the United States.
0: We very much appreciate your time and insight. Enjoy the celebrations in the coming hours. That is the former US ambassador to New Zealand, Mark Gilbert, who has been working closely with the president-elect Joe Biden's campaign. Stay with us. This Q&A special, live from Washington, D.C., continues in a few minutes. Hoki Mai welcome back to Q and A on this historic date as we look at the 46th president to be. The, of the United States, Joe Biden, the president elect, uh, set to take office early next year once the presidential inauguration takes place here in Washington, D.C. Uh, we have seen n- s- celebrations right across the United States over the last few hours, people dancing in the streets in some occasions. But of course, 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump in this election, more than voted for him in 2016. And from those supporters, we are seeing quite a different response. <laughs>
1: The Republican Party, the party
2: of Abraham Lincoln, goes forward, united. We saw a coup being attempted in America. Freedom being taken away, and it was being taken away by people that don't like America, and they are entrenched in what is called the Deep Deep.
0: Of course, the president at the moment still refusing to accept the election results, claiming a large-scale fraud has taken place, although as of yet, he and his legal advisors have not produced any concrete evidence. Lucy Hugh is a New Zealander living here in Washington, D.C., with a close eye on politics. She worked for Global Strategy Group, which is a polling company that helped out with the Biden campaign. Yes. Lucy, thanks for being here. Kia
4: Jack. Lovely to be here.
0: How are you feeling in this moment?
4: I'm feeling thrilled. I mean... I'm in D.C., we're all in D.C. right now and everyone's going crazy and I'm thrilled with the result. And yeah. you
0: have been close to the Biden campaign, I have. how have you found the last few days?
4: So it's been a bit crazy, we've all kind of just, you know, been waiting for the results, um, not sleeping much, but you know, could not be a better result today. Yeah.
0: What do you think it says uh, about the state of U.S. politics and U.S. society? that this campaign has been as divided as it has been. We've seen 70 million Mm. voters supporting President Trump, perhaps the most controversial candidate, certainly in recent memory.
4: Yeah. I think it just shows that um, public opinion in the United States is just... Kind of so much beyond what we want our democracy to be. Um, we've seen it so divided. Everyone is so tribal here. If you're a Democrat, you honestly might not have Republican friends. I mean, I work for a Democrat pollster and I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't have many close Republican friends. It's just that, you know, everyone is extremely partisan. And I think just comparing that to New Zealand, we don't see that in New Zealand. And that is what I think a healthy democracy should be. You know, we can debate policy, but not fight each other to the death about it.
0: So how does Joe Biden go about fixing that?
4: So I think Joe Biden is very much respectful. You know, he was very good friends with John McCain um, and he shows that respect across the aisle. And so he may not agree with the policy positions of the other side, but he respects them. And I think he will be a great leader um, to continue that forward and show what the American public should be doing as well.
0: It's interesting you mentioned John McCain. The great thing about this election, kind of like a good test cricket match, is that there are lots of little subplots all the way through. And of course, Mm -hmm. Cindy McCain, uh, the former Arizona senator's uh, widow, came out and endorsed Joe Biden. And Arizona looks to be one of the states that the Democrats have managed to flip Mm -hmm. this time around. But you said you work for a polling place, Lucy. Yep. What do you make of the polls in this election? Because they did not forecast this race to be as close as it has been.
4: Yeah, they did not. But they did do better than 2016, I must say. So, working for for my polling firm, um, you know, we were we kept a close eye on um, the presidential races, uh, the race throughout the campaign, and. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we said that the battleground states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, they were all leaning Biden, and, and that came through. So I think that polling this year has been quite accurate. I mean, it, they predicted the winner. We predicted the winner. So, yeah, I do, I do think that there are flaws in polling, but this year it has, been, it has been more accurate. And it's been lovely working for a polling organization sort of seeing that as well.
0: Talk to us about Joe Biden, the candidate, because for many Democrats, he was an imperfect candidate. I Mm -hmm. remember at the start of the primary campaign, he was having trouble filling high school halls. He's Mm. 77 years old. He's a white man. He Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily represent the policies that are more important to the perhaps more progressive or liberal arms of the party.
4: Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with that. And I think that Joe Biden is more moderate than a lot of um, younger, more progressive uh, Americans would like to see. But I think that for this election, that was crucial. I think that to get the swing voters we needed in Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin, we needed to kind of cater to that group. Um, Unfortunately, the United States is not as progressive as some would hope, but I think there's a time and a place. And I think Joe Biden was correct for this time and place. And I would like to say also that Kamala Harris is amazing for, the the result is amazing for, the future of America in terms of diversity and uh, she's she is the first woman, person of colour person from an immigrant background Asian American, black American, to hold either the Vice President or Presidential role so I think she really brings that to the ticket
0: And do you expect her, in the same way that Joe Biden did when he was Vice President to President Obama, to play a significant role in this administration?
4: I think so, yes So Joe Biden was very big on foreign policy when he was the Vice President for President Obama and I do expect, Kamala to play a big role, maybe in foreign policy, but maybe more so in domestic politics just because of her, you know, identity politics. So I think that she will, yes.
0: What are going to be Joe Biden's priorities once he makes it into office?
4: I think, obviously, the uh, racial injustice that we've seen over the past couple of months, that definitely has to be top of the ticket. Um, You know, the United States is really kind of suffering at the heart um, because of that. So that's top of the ticket, and then obviously coronavirus, Um, and I think foreign policy-wise as well. He's got a great foreign policy background. So he has done a lot with South America, Latin America, and I think that he will um, bring that in as well because uh, I think that immigration at the southern border is is always a big issue and he's got a lot of expertise in that field.
0: Fantastic. Lucy Who, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. How are you Jack. going to be celebrating today?
4: Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Probably pop open a bottle of champagne. Probably stick around on the mall. This uh, Well it's tonight. not like you can go
0: to a bar or anything. Yeah,
4: so. no. Yeah. All
0: right, yeah. well thank you so much for your time and insights. Thanks, we really Jack. appreciate Lovely it. Be Enjoy here. being here in this historic yeah. moment. <laughs> Stay with us, we will be back with this QA special live from you. see you in a couple of minutes. Ciao ora, Welcome back to this Q&A special on an historic date. Joe Biden is set to become the 46th president of the United States. I'm joined once again by One News U.S. correspondent Anna Burns-Francis, who has been following this incredibly divisive campaign over the last couple of months, waiting over the last four days for those results to come in. It felt like they mightn't for a while. There, Anna. Clearly, the TV networks, which are all important here when it comes to declaring a winner, were conservative in making this call.
3: They sure were and of course we understand now why that was because the margins are so slim if it falls within that zone where there might be a recount or the state will automatically go to a recount. They don't want to call that in one way or the other towards Joe Biden or Donald Trump. We are now seeing of course some of those states will go to a recount but it won't make much difference at this point.
0: Yeah, Donald Trump we should note is still pursuing various uh, lawsuits and and legal avenues as he challenges the legitimacy of this election although uh, neither he or his legal teams have so far provided any concrete evidence as to large-scale irregularities. We've seen reaction, of course, right across the world. Just talk us through uh, some of the uh, immediate reaction to this result.
3: We sure have. We've seen uh, Boris Johnson from the United Kingdom coming out on Twitter this morning, calling the US its most important ally. Obviously, this is an important step for him to take given he was considered a favourite of Donald Trump. The two men shared a lot of ideological leanings together perhaps, and also a lot of social media headlines this year when they both contracted coronavirus. We've also seen Angela Merkel from Germany come out, give her best wishes, Uh, Emmanuel Macron from France, and uh, some well wishes from the Ukraine, of course. Now that's an interesting one because of all the discussions this year about the Biden family's association with Ukraine. Nothing out of Russia yet and Vladimir Putin, but we might see some more in the coming hours. Uh, The
0: New Zealand government and Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern have reacted to the result as well?
3: They have, and it's interesting Jacinda Ardern's statement this morning echoing a lot of the sentiment we're seeing coming out of Europe these important issues seem to be sustainability, on trade, climate change, and of course on coronavirus. Now on some of those issues we know where Joe Biden stands. Coronavirus is an important one for him to tackle. But on trade it'll be interesting. Of course Joe Biden has that uh, same stance, much similar to Trump, that it's America first and wanting to increase America's role in that. So whether those deals come off or not we will take a little bit be yeah It's
0: interesting isn't it? I mean that being said he has been more supportive of multilateral institutions
3: Absolutely. Than,
0: than Donald Trump and that might be a low bar, but of course Joe Biden has, for example, uh, pledged to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, so that and is that's something we would expect one to see for climate on.
3: change, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. W- what are we likely to see then from the Trump camp and the Trump administration in the days to come? Clearly, at the moment, uh, the President is refusing to accept this result. He was on the golf course when the numbers came through and all the TV work- networks made their big projections. How is the president likely to behave in the coming days?
3: Well, who knows with this presidency, because, of course, it's been a term of erratic and frantic, frenzied behaviour at times, and no-one seems to be able to predict quite how the president will react to certain situations. And it seems now it's down to his administration to try and convince him that there is no point pursuing this legal avenue. There isn't a lot of money left in the Trump campaign. They were already short on cash. Mm. That's why they did all those big local headline-grabbing rallies up to the end of the election, but... It'll be remains to be seen. They might have to drop those legal forms. Well, they've been
0: they've been <laughs> fundraising over the last few days, and I know that you get those fundraising texts and emails. You still
3: must still getting them. Your... This, still getting them this morning. And so what do they say? So, uh, well, Michigan needs you. You must donate. We're calling on you. There's some ag- reasonably aggressive language in there, and I'm not sure that's going to help a voter base that will be feeling a little rough today, waking up to the news that Joe Biden is the president.
0: Yeah, this is the thing. You know, I, I think sometimes, from a New Zealand perspective, we reduce the Donald Trump supporter base to a two-dimensional caricature. And and clearly, you know, there are people who believe that Donald Trump appeals to some of the worst elements of, of human nature and, and American society. But 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump in this election. More non-white voters voted for Donald Trump in 2020 than for any Republican candidate ever. Donald Trump received more votes in this election than any Republican candidate ever. And Joe Biden faces an enormous challenge and trying to unite those two different factions, the Trump supporters and the Democrats.
3: We have to also look, you know, Donald Trump might have uh, got a huge number of votes. He also cornered a huge number of Latin American voters this year, the Latino vote. Now, that's such a broad term. It relates to an, a swathe mm. from a whole continent of people that voted for him. But where Joe Biden picked up the African-American vote, the people of colour, the black vote, Donald Trump did really well with Latino voters. They see in him a businessman who can stand on his own two feet. If he can make money, I can make money. Big on entrepreneurial. And it comes back to that economy argument Mm -hmm. again. And That will take a lot for Joe Biden to prove to them that he can offer the same thing. All right,
0: then. What are you expecting to hear from Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in Wilmington, Delaware, of all places, tonight at at, uh, 2 o'clock New Zealand time this afternoon when they address the nation?
3: Well, this is obviously a historic moment as well for Kamala Harris as the first female person of colour to take that vice-presidential place and that's an important message I think that I hope doesn't get too lost today in all the celebrations for Joe Biden himself, that this is also historic for his vice-president. I'm sure we'll hear the same message we've heard for the last few days as well though, this is about unity. They want to tread a fine line over the coming days while everyone's in this jubilant mood, that we remain calm and that there isn't too much congregation on the streets of vitriol in celebrating this win for Joe Biden and his supporters.
0: A question for you I've asked our other guests this morning This might be the end of President Trump, at least for now. Is this the end of Trumpism?
3: Absolutely not. No way. This is a new era for American politics that we've seen over the last four years, and we have to remember that the Republican Party might have had bold, brash Donald this time, but he bumbled his way a bit through this campaign, and he didn't listen to the messaging from his advisers. If there's somebody else who can connect with viewers the way that Donald Trump did, can connect with voters of the American public, they will have another shot at this presidency. People like the Republican Party. They got a lot of votes this year. 70 million people, nearly half the population still. There is a large number of people in America who will flip back and vote Republican if they see the right man at the helm.
0: I hate to say it, because I know it's been a busy couple of months for you, but you have another busy couple of months ahead, I'm sure.
3: Might not need to be on Twitter so much, though, that'll be a good thing. Yeah,
0: One News US correspondent Anna Burns-Francis, tēnā Thank you so much for your time and analysis. A couple of key points then to leave you with on this Q&A special from Washington, D.C. Joe Biden is set to be the 46th President of the United States. At two o'clock this afternoon, from Wilmington, Delaware, he will address the nation and the world. One News will be taking those comments live, so make sure you tune in. As of this moment, President Trump is refusing to accept the election results. He still claims there has been a large-scale fraud, that the election is rigged. There's no indication he is likely to concede in the coming days and weeks. Of course, we and the One News team will keep you up to date with the very latest from Washington DC and the United States in the coming hours as we continue to see celebrations and protests from those unhappy with this result. For now though, kua this is uh, That is this week's Q&A special from Washington DC. My thanks as always to the Q&A team and particularly cameraman Chris Brown who's been with me in the United States over the last few weeks. We will be back with you next Sunday morning from 9 o'clock. Marae is up next. Until then, have a great week. q and is made with the support of New Zealand On Air.